and welcome to the Fiorella Files. I'm your hostess, Fiorella Nash, sometimes known by my nom de plume, Fiorella de Maria. I'm a writer of crime fiction and historical novels and an incorrigible bibliophile. It's wonderful to be making a programme on pretty much my favourite subject, books. On my show I will be introducing you to books, classic and contemporary, that you must read, should enjoy reading, or should not touch with an 11-foot barge pole. Once a month I will also be doing my special edition children's book show involving younger reviewers talking about and sharing their favourite books. Now, I said last week that this week's choices would take us on a journey from England to Transylvania and up to Bonnie, Scotland. Now, I realised afterwards that saying that the journey started in England was perhaps a little misleading, though the author of my non-fiction choice of the week is an English journalist, so perhaps it's not such a bad place to start. My non-fiction choice of the week is Christianophobia, which should give you a fairly clear idea immediately what it's about. To give you the full title, Christianophobia, A Faith Under Attack, by Rupert Short. Before I go on any further, please beware of getting the title muddled. There are a number of books called Christophobia, which have nothing to do with this book and don't look particularly appealing from what I saw when I was doing a search. This book is Christianophobia. To begin with, I didn't know anything about Rupert Short before I was given this book to read by a priest friend who thought I might find it interesting. Rupert Short is the religious affairs editor of a major London newspaper, The Times, He's also a regular contributor to a number of broadsheet newspapers, so he is primarily a journalist, though I gather he's had some kind of visiting fellowship to, maybe it was Oxford University, so there's some academic background there as well. And as the title of the book suggests, Rupert Short is trying to expose through this book the terrible persecution Christians all over the world continue to suffer and the collusion of the West through the media blackouts and the misrepresentation of what is going on. So I think this is a very, very important book and I'm sorry that it is not better known, but perhaps this programme can change that just a little bit. It is a few years old now. I had to have a think about whether or not it was worth reviewing this book, but my feeling was revisiting it that this is still very relevant. A lot of the material is still important. Yes, some things will have dated, some things will have changed, but essentially the situation is no better for Christians than it was five years ago or even ten years ago. I think it's actually getting worse. That is certainly the feeling I'm getting. I've got my ear to the ground that in many parts of the world the situation for Christians is getting progressively worse. This book offers an introduction. He goes around the world looking at the plight of Christians in countries where they're a minority and where they are either actively persecuted or mistreated to the point of making life as a Christian very difficult, if not impossible. Some countries will be very familiar in terms of persecution of the Christian minority, like Iraq, 
China, North Korea, but other countries may come as a bit more of a surprise. He looks at the terrible situation facing religious minorities in general, but particularly Christian minorities in Burma or Myanmar, as I think it's, it's now known, which came as a shock to me. I wasn't aware of just how difficult it was for Christians in that country. It certainly gives the lie to the idea that Buddhism is universally tolerant. And it is quite depressing reading. You know, you just see case after case after case of Christians being driven out of their homes, being driven out of their traditional heartlands in some cases. And worse still, the almost complete silence of the West. And one of the reasons I wanted to revisit this book was because, of course, we were all very shocked by the Easter bombings last Easter in Sri Lanka. How many of us woke up on Easter Sunday ready to celebrate, full of joy, this beautiful feast day, and then were immediately assailed by those terrible pictures of Sri Lankans being killed as they celebrated the most important mass of the year. But what really shocked me about that, and it came back to haunt me when it was the first anniversary recently, was the disgraceful way in which the suffering of those people was sidelined. Hillary Clinton, Obama, talking about Easter worshippers dying. They didn't even get the terminology right. They didn't even do anybody the courtesy, or their teams did not do anyone the courtesy of finding out what the correct term was. We don't talk about being Easter worshippers. We don't worship Easter. Those were Catholics going to Mass. Those were Evangelical Christians going to their Sunday service to celebrate Easter, to celebrate the resurrection. And even that very perfunctory issuing of condolences felt like an insult.